Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. The International Monetary Fund has struck a deal with Ukraine. The Federal Reserve could pump the brakes on interest rate rises, and shares in the troubled First Republic Bank rallied yesterday. Plus, Xi Jinping met with Vladimir Putin. The FT's Max Seddon says she was being a bit noncommittal about a key gas pipeline. China can drag this out as long as they want until they've extracted the absolutely most favorable conditions to them from Russia possible. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Ukraine will get a $15.5 billion loan thanks to a deal with the IMF. The International Monetary Fund announced it yesterday, and it said the first year to 18 months of the loan program will be devoted to, quote, fiscal, external, price, and financial stability. It'll focus on increasing tax collection and put more reliance on domestic debt markets instead of monetary financing. The second phase of the IMF deal will last four years. It'll focus on recovery and early reconstruction as Ukraine tries to become part of the European Union. The IMF still needs to approve the deal, which is expected to happen in the next few weeks. The Federal Reserve is coming out with an interest rate decision today, and there's chatter that the Fed might leave interest rates unchanged. Now, if that happens, it would be a huge shift from the approach the central bank has taken over the past year. And former central bankers are divided on whether an interest rate pause is the right call. Here's the FT's Claire Jones. Well, there's one camp that thinks the central bank should keep on raising rates. Their arguments can be broadly summarized in two ways. First of all, they argue that inflation still remains very high, far higher than central banks would like. So they have to instill this idea in the public mindset that they really want to get price pressures under control. They also say, this camp, that if the central banks pause now, it might do more harm than good in terms of the banking turmoil. Um, The reason being that if central bankers go soft on inflation, people might assume that they know something about the dangers lurking in the banking system that others don't. What about the other camp, Claire? Well, the other camp's views is that, you know, you really want to see what's happened in the banking sector in recent weeks as a warning signal. Claudia Sam, a consultant and former Federal Reserve economist, she said a group of us already thought the Fed was going too hard, too fast, that the Fed is going to break something. Well, they did. So they see the instability in the banks as something that is a direct consequence of tighter monetary policy. And while inflation might not be back to target yet, it, it's, it shows that central banks may well have done enough to constrain credit to a point where demand will weaken and inflation will eventually fall to target. Why is there such a big debate considering the European Central Bank last week just raised rates as this banking turmoil was going on? I mean, this is only a week later. You know, we need to remember a few things there. The first is that 
rates in the eurozone are lower than those in the US and in the UK. So the Bank of England and the Fed have done more tightening than the ECB has already. Um, The other issue there is since the ECB decision, we've seen the collapse of Credit Suisse 2 and the problems at First Republic Bank be exacerbated. So those tensions haven't really gone away. But I think it, it is a good point, really, that you know, the ECB was able to do a half point rise without that causing that much in terms of um, market disturbances. So I think that probably would make policymakers in the US and the UK more confident about raising rates should they choose to do so. Claire Jones is the FT's international economy news editor. Thanks, Claire. Thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure. Shares in First Republic Bank rallied yesterday. They ended up 30%. The rally came after U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen signaled that the government would bail out smallish banks like First Republic if necessary, the way they did with Silicon Valley Bank when it collapsed. Investors had been worried that First Republic would suffer contagion from the SVB implosion and see a run on deposits. And Yellen yesterday offered a bit of a safety net. So I think anything that could reassure deposit holders at First Republic and other regional banks that their deposits are safe will be beneficial to them. That's the FT's U.S. banking editor, Joshua Franklin. It points to the fact that Janet Yellen and other senior officials in the U.S. government know we're not out of the woods yet in terms of what's going on with U.S. banks right now, that they're still feeling the need even after the actions that they've taken, after the the new lending capacity that the Fed has announced, they're still feeling the need to come out with remarks like this to try to reassure investors and, more importantly, deposit holders at these banks that their money is safe and that the U.S. government stands ready to support them. Despite yesterday's rally, First Republic Bank is still down more than 80% since the Silicon Valley bank crisis started. Josh says that it would take a lot for First Republic to turn things around. First Republic, as it exists today, is is a very, very different bank than it was a month ago before this all started. The credit rating for the bank's debt has been cut down to junk rated, so that means its borrowing costs have gone up. It's lost tens of billions of dollars in deposits. Uh, It's about 40% of their overall deposits. That's the cheapest source of funding that these banks have. It's not an easy path to, to rebuild its credit rating, to rebuild its deposit base, and I think crucially as well, just to show that it can be a profitable company going forward. I think part of the things that you see around the, the gyrations in the share price over the last week or so has been people are just not sure what First Republic as a stock, as an investment, is worth these days because there's very, very limited data that you actually see about the financial performance of the bank. And I think you know that's something that um, you know in first quarter earnings and investor updates that hopefully will get a better picture of in the in the weeks ahead. Joshua Franklin is the FT's US banking editor. China's President Xi Jinping went to Moscow this week with a peace plan meant to end the war in Ukraine. But when the talks between Xi and Russian President Vladimir Putin ended yesterday, it didn't look like the two sides came up with a solution. Instead, the FT's Max Seddon says China just reiterated its support for Russia. Well, China is essentially completely backing Russia's position on, on Ukraine. They're not supplying Russia with, with weapons. But rhetorically, diplomatically, China is, is completely behind Russia. And you saw that in the joint statement that, that Xi and Putin signed after their talks yesterday. Uh, it is carefully worded. 
in a way that makes China look as unbiased and neutral and fair as possible. But when it's, you know, Vladimir Putin is the one who's calling China that, it makes it pretty clear that what China's done is essentially back the Russian position, which is it wasn't Russia's fault. This war started, they were provoked by NATO, and uh, it's not Russia that is the impediment to talks. This is why this peace plan is a non-starter. It's more an attempt to uh, you know, help give Russia some backing to continue the war and to make China look like a peacemaker than it is a real serious attempt at peace because Xi hasn't called Volodymyr Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, once since, since the war began. So very much, you know, the, you know, the moon music was very much that China continues to be behind Russia on all things Ukraine. Max, there was some discussion over a pipeline that would take gas from Russia to China. How did those talks go and why do they matter? The reason this pipeline is so important is this would be the first pipeline going from those major gas fields in the Yamal region in Russia all the way to China via Mongolia. And Putin was talking about it yesterday as if it was basically a, a done deal. But then you started reading the tea leaves, it became pretty clear. You know, he said that, oh, we've agreed to everything with Mongolia, which is the third party to the deal, but he didn't say they'd agreed to anything with China. And uh, Russia's top energy official said that you know, maybe you know, the optimistic scenario for Russia is they get it done by the end of the year. Max, why didn't China just commit there? Why, why drag it out? China doesn't need uh, this extra 50 billion cubic meters of gas from Russia nearly as much as Russia needs to find somewhere to sell it. And that means China can drag this out as long as they want until they've extracted the absolutely most favorable conditions to them from Russia possible. We are seeing uh, last year, Russia-China trade was $190 billion. Putin said it's uh, going to exceed $200 billion, which will be another record. But it's very much so far out of self-interest uh, economically, especially on the Chinese side, rather than as a result of the buddy-buddy relationship between Putin and Xi. The diplomatic throwout is not really trickling down uh, to the economic level, but certainly not as much as Russia would like. Max Seddon is the FT's Moscow bureau chief. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.